beer, sports. Join Sean and Brad as they talk about sports and share a beer. From the east coast of Canada to the west coast of the United States. Over to you, boys. Everybody, what's happening? What's good with you? Sean and Brad, guys, beer sports back. Season 2, episode 12. Today, Sean with a squeaky chair, little NBA, little NFL. I imagine, you know, hockey at some point. I doubt we get to baseball because it's just whatever at this point. Best time of the year, though, my friend. Best time of the it, year. It is the well. It's a good time of the year. It's not the best time of the year, but it's definitely a good time of the year. Why well, is Sean's going to stand up? Look at Sean standing. No, 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 no. I'm switching up chairs. Chair. Yeah, because uh... in the middle of it. Well, Sean's doing that. Quick shout out, thanks to our uh, sponsor, Flyers Brewery. Uh, and restaurant, go see them corner of Midway and 20, uh, best beer on the island and the surrounding area. They've got fantastic food, and as always, amazing service. So you can sit outside, sit inside, watch TV. All the games are going, especially in this playoffs, NBA and NHL. Uh, they'll have you covered. Pop in there, get a beer. Happy hour, three to six, I think, every day. So Flyers Brewery, appreciate you, fellas. You Flyers, absolutely. And uh, smooth my ball, so I received my um, – my uh turf clippers here oh, so oh. uh used it quite good yes feeling fresh feeling you feeling younger <laughs> smooth smooth as a baby's bottom now <laughs> oh, that's appropriate i don't know maybe something else but smooth as eggs there you go now we're <laughs> hey we have a special guest uh coming on there today his name is Devin Norris. Uh, he was a future. He was back in uh, 07, uh, played for the Dalhousie Tigers out here in the Atlantic uh, School University uh, Basketball Association here. I'm totally messing that up. That's all good, though. And he also played for the Premier Basketball League for the now defunct Halifax Rainmen. Um was coaching some of the Dalhousie Tigers as a uh, coach and is currently employed now as a Halifax uh, regional police officer. Great guy. Um, can't wait to get him on. Looking forward to it. Without further ado, shot on his smooth as eggs. Balls will bring us in. Ah, uh, here he is, the man of the moment, Mr. Devin Norris. How you doing today? Good, good. I'm excited about this. My first podcast experience. So thanks for having me. You, yeah, I would say you're welcome, but we should save it till the end because maybe <laughs> <you're not someone. laughs> I wasted right. my I like Saturday it. morning for that. <laughs> oh man. Hey, first off, thank you very much for coming on. Uh I know you're a busy guy. So Brad, just to give you a little thing, um, Devin is in phenomenal shape. Uh he puts on a weight vest, <laughs> takes his baby and his dog sometimes and they he just goes running and sometimes i'll see him and i want to talk to him but i'm like nope uh this man's running I'm gonna let him be. you know what i mean it's like, sean why don't you just run next to him and have a conversation yeah you know, that ain't happening <laughs> that ain't happening mm-hmm. yeah he, he'd leave me in the dust i'd be there running and then all of a sudden walking and then it's just like yo devin wait up and then all of a sudden, a we don't have... believing that you would be able to have a conversation while you were moving forward. Oh, no. You know what? You're you're completely correct on that. Yeah. It would not be a conversation. It would be, hey, Devin. <laughs> yeah, I have to call some EMS services, maybe. <laughs> At least I have a first responder next to me, so. True. <laughs> but he'd have a baby and a dog. I feel like that would be... Yeah. <laughs> 
It's asking a bit much of somebody, Sean. <laughs> just a little CPR. Other responsibilities. A little CPR. Just a little. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. So, Devin, listen. Hey, give us a little story about this here. Uh, I saw you were a Dalhousie Tiger. Um, looked like you were actually eligible for the NBA draft there, I saw. <laughs> and uh hey i'm not i'm not trying to listen you got to play really well, that's, mean, a, that's that's definitely a level i mean I that's exactly it you know, maybe yeah. just uh, a little background from like how you started um but you know I, I think most of us picked up basketball early in elementary school or middle school or you know, maybe just take us back from there and kind of give us a quick run of what your experience was sure uh so i was fortunate enough to on my mom's side come from a basketball family uh, my mom's brother's kids all played uh, university varsity level basketball and division one basketball uh, in Canada here. It was great. So growing up, any family gatherings, there was always competitive uh, basketball in the air. And uh, having that around me from a young age really compelled me to explore basketball further. So as I developed and played different sports, basketball always had a special place. So as I got older and I was growing and uh uh, basketball was an easy, you know, and having, you know, the greatest player, Michael Jordan, as a role model and idolizing him, uh, you know, there's no question that basketball wasn't going to be the sport uh, I, I was going to play. So um, as I continued to play and, uh, you know, I, from just outside of Halifax, played high school basketball here, I uh, was fortunate enough to play provincial basketball, so represent the province of Nova Scotia um, at our Canadian Nationals. That was an experience that further kind of compelled me to dive into basketball. And then uh, through high school, um, you know, got a little bit of notice and started to get recruited. And my older cousin, who was four years older than me, was playing basketball at Dalhousie University. So uh, we never had a chance to play together, but going to Dal and watching him all the time, I said, you know what, it's, it's close to home. I know the program really well. I know the coaching staff. This is a school I'd like to go to. And I was fortunate enough that they had some interest in me. And, uh, you know, that's how I kind of picked Dalhousie University. Nice. What's your, uh, what's your position? Uh, it changed a bit over the years. Yeah. I think I, I'll, I'll introduce my basketball ability. Uh, it really, in as Sean kind of joked about, fitness has always been my, my secret weapon, I guess you could say. I was never the most, you know, I wasn't dunking on guys. I wasn't doing anything. Uh, extraordinary, but my fitness level allowed me to play very hard, play very good defense. Uh, you know, I also idolized Dennis Rodman growing up. So getting <laughs> getting rebounds, diving on the yeah. floor, getting elbowed in the face and kept going. That was kind of my mentality on the court. And I think, you know, that I also, from an early age said, I don't have to score 40 points a game to get playing time. If I do the things that other players don't want to do and, and coaching staff appreciates that's going to allow me to get more minutes, play over the guy who's the same position next to me and uh, kind of excel that way. And I was fortunate enough that, you know, shooting was one of my strengths. So with hard defense, getting lots of rebounds, getting steals and hitting the open three, that's was kind of encompassed my game. So in university, I was kind of a shooting guard slash small forward. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I kind of transitioned into a combo guard role. Yeah, that's nice. cool. Yeah. yeah, I had a similar uh, – I have some cousins that played uh, college basketball also, and that was the same story for me. I remember being able to dunk uh, grades and thinking I was on to something. And my cousins were, you know, in college at that point and went down to where they live and showed them I could dunk, and they're like, 
Yeah, it's great. If you can't dunk in the fourth quarter, <laughs> like you can't dunk. Like that was the yeah. Best. Yeah, and that was always that was the same thing. I always had to have a gas tank. Always had to be able to go. You know, it's, it's nice to have that older push from your family, right? It's it's an interesting dynamic, I think. Um, so, for I sure, a, I was a horrifying, horrifying basketball player. Um, absolutely horrifying. But um, I like the pinch, clap. <laughs> you know, distract. <laughs> it's important. That's it. If anything that you know you can get away with, it's like okay, I, I'm doing something. Uh, you could probably set a good screen, Sean. I I could absolutely. You know, to stand still and get in the way. I don't know about the you roll. Know, the, the roll was probably not your move, but the no, screen, probably the screen definitely. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh man. <laughs> So um, you you brought up a lot of points right there already. I just wanted to ask you about there, Devin. So like, uh, we'll leave the LeBron James Michael Jordan conversation maybe a little bit down the road there because uh, I'm I'm in the same camp as you. But of course, there's a lot of people that would be sitting there and you know talking about that. I just wanted to actually maybe peel air there in a moment. But uh, I like what you're talking about there about playing good defense, going after rebounds. There was a time in the NBA where there was roles, right? It's like um, you had Big Ben Wallace, you had Dennis Rodman. I mean, yeah, they're not going to go out there and get you even maybe 20 points a game, but they might get you 15 rebounds and I don't know how many block shots, you know, and just play that defensive role. Um, have you noticed now in the NBA that it seems like you got to be a jack of all trades? It's not just the points. And, you you, you know, like have, have you seen the game evolve in that fashion or – yeah, it's it's a common conversation I have with my peer group, uh, you, you know, who kind of grew up with me through the game of basketball, and you know, we'll often reminisce that, you know, this is today's game. You know, we use the word it's soft, or you know, there's so much flopping. You know, you can't hand check. You know, all, all the all the little things that that we argue why some of the ninety eighties nineties generations were were would survive in today's game because they were dealing with Bill Lambeer underneath the hoop and all these, all these uh, right. things that just don't exist about anymore. That, yeah. Just think about that bad boys era Pistons. <laughs> yeah. I think you have a little fear going in there. I mean, that's what, that's what really happened with the bulls. They had to get through. They would, dom- they would dominate it. If the, if the rules allowed, like you couldn't take a team from today and put them in that era, they wouldn't make it. Right. It'd be over. Right. So that was uh, so it's a, it's a constant conversation. You know, I, I definitely, it makes me appreciate the the total player now. You know, you have players yeah. doing a bit of everything, and you know, I'm sure like what Steph Curry's doing this. Well, uh, prior to the, the loss there last night, but you know, it's it's amazing. You know, like uh, like as a shooter, I, I look at him and I say like that he's top tier now. You know, there's yeah. it's, Ray Allen was in that spot before, but yeah. you know, what, has anybody ever uh, lost their team more games than Draymond Green? Ugh, that's a good uh, like it's big moments like i don't know how he takes that shot in the regulation i'm like he was so unprepared for that moment yeah well and i think it's you know he, when he plays within himself and, and plays within yes. his role he's he's yeah. dangerous right? I, I don't disagree i think he's a great player but like that wasn't his moment just like we saw in the finals right when he kicked that game away trying to take the ball down the court like he had no business being there either and that's just right are you talking moments. about the finals against the raptors is that what you're talking about yeah Oh, thank well, you. They, yeah, they would have. I, well, I mean, would have, <laughs> I think they would have won that series if he hadn't made that series of plays at the end of that uh, game. But potato, potato. 
Yeah, I mean they won. I'm not saying they. Did, I'm not saying they won disingenuously. I'm just saying like that's a pivot point of that series. Is you know, I think it's why they're not in the playing or not in the playoffs. But well, actually, I think that the Raptors probably did the most smartest thing by. I think it was the it was the best way of tanking games without looking like you're tanking games by let's trade off these players that can actually help us. Oh, is so that, that where you that are way, today? That's that's what I'm that's saying. It's hard. like <laughs> it was a very educated tank. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll take it. <laughs> very educated, very well played. Very but back good. to the yeah, I mean back to the way that basketball is now. Like I find myself um more drawn to watching college basketball uh these days, uh, or even some G League games, just because there's a different there's still that level of urgency that we used to find in the NBA. Um, you know, now it's a little too I, I still enjoy watching NBA basketball, right? It's just it's a different game than what it was previously. But it, and it, I basically texted my buddy the same thing the other day, saying, "You know what? College basketball is where it's at because they're playing for pride. They're you know they they have scholarships that they're trying to uphold, and you know the, the coaching staff is demanding. Uh, you know they're practicing every day of the week in preparation for these big games." Yeah, there's still accountability, right, from the coaching right. staff. You, you have less accountability at the pro level, uh, anyway, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in the NBA. Uh, but, man, like the offenses are so beautiful in the college game, yeah. right, because they're yeah. just so traditional. And, it's right. just, you know, it's just it's fantastic to watch. It's the game of matchups, right? It's more, you know, I don't know how much of the, of the like, the tournament that you watch, but, like, you know, the Syracuse team was something to watch this year you know, because they were able to transition in and out of zone defense and really give, you know what I mean? Like all those in-game adjustments are so just fantastic to watch, I think. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, Oral Roberts University surprised the heck out of me. Yeah. You know, uh, I wasn't expecting that from them. Well, and that's what's nice about, you know, the college balls. You're, you're going to get to these hidden gems that, you know, expose themselves in the tournament where, yeah. you know, let's be honest, and with the NBA game, we can kind of say, okay, I guarantee – one of these two or three teams is, is going to be in the finals and, you know, right. sure enough, they're there. Right. Yeah. You're not going to get the 10th seed or the eight seed, you know, going all the way and knocking off the nets this year or whatever. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. The first I, I was, man, I get why they went to the seven game series for the entire thing, but I hate it. Really? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to see seven games until you get back to like all the way to the conference finals. Oh man, I I, I love why, it. I why mean, would you? Why would you go seven? We already know who's going to be there yeah, within but, a couple of games. Within a couple of things, I I always dislike the the five seed, games. Listen, the eight seed's not going to beat a one seed in a seven game series. They have a shot in a five game series. Yeah, but I mean, if you give them those extra games, it gives them the chance to at least compete. I always hated the five game series. Um, same thing in hockey; they'd had that for a little bit. Uh, it's just for me, I just want to see more playoff basketball. And so, if you can extend yeah. it to seven, I, I want to see, see more it. competitive basketball. That's why. Uh, yeah, I I hear what you're saying. You know, I mean, right now, I think Utah is going to go out, you know, win in five, right? Yeah. Phoenix and the Lakers might go a little further, and whatever else, and you know, in the Western Conference is stacked. Mm-hmm. Denver and Portland's going to go six or seven. Someone's mm-hmm. going to get extra days of rest because it went seven games instead of five. Yeah, that's just how I, you know. I think what's most intriguing is the Suns and the Lakers series there. Uh, who's going to come out on top of that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know. It'd be Suns surprise a lot of people. It's a different – yeah, it's just different, right? The lights are on. And that's just – that's the thing about playoff basketball is 
as good as Phoenix has been, you know, a lot of their guys are going to get real exposure to yeah. playoff basketball this year. And we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where they are. Well, I mean, let's face it, like 2019, um, nobody really gave the Raps a chance. I, I will never forget that there when they were playing the Magic in the first round. Devin, are you a Raptors fan? I am by nature okay. of being Canadian. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll let it continue then. If you weren't, we were going to stop this debacle right now. <laughs> you were just going to put the kibosh on it? Thanks, yeah. buddy. Sean, Sean's famous for bringing up old stuff. As long as it fits into his team. So I'm like, well, you know, in 86 when the Maple Leafs were I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. down the road. Down the road. <laughs> listen, listen, there's plenty of hockey to get into at some point here. Sure. Um, uh, Devin, w- what I wanted to talk about, um, your sweet, sweet nickname when you hit the PBL there in the Halifax ring, man. I was noticing that there. What's that? You already have a first name. Why do you need a second first name? Devin Chuck Norris. What's going on here? <laughs> Well, it, it was funny, like the, I had amazing teammates, uh, during my experience there and, and the teammates in that league, it kind of brought many different walks of life. You know, one teammate had NBA experience, another teammate, uh, you know, played for Kentucky. It, it, you know, I played with, uh, Talik Brown, who won a NCAA t- championship in 04. Like, so it was such a yeah. interesting group of people. So, uh, Outside of the basketball court, there was such good personalities. We I met some of the funniest people I've ever met within that group on the team. And everyone had names, everyone had nicknames. And if you had to be careful, if you, you know, stumbled walking down the street, you're going to hear about it, right? Because we <laughs> it was constant uh, good fun. So with my last name being Norris, it just, you know, it wasn't surprised. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Quick. And that was the height of the Chuck Norris jokes, too. It was, it was. Uh, those are the, those are the glory years. Yeah. That's so. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. You, uh, so I remember going to a Halifax Raymond game. It's pretty much the time you were playing, but of course I really didn't know any of the players at that point because it was PBL, um, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it was so entertaining to be able to go to a game in Halifax and just watch a basketball game. I was, I was enamored. Um, and then ending up, I think there was somebody there, who was playing for the rain men that was jay-z's best man at his wedding there yeah john strickland rest yeah. in peace he, he has since passed but uh wow. he uh he was he i was very lucky and fortunate enough to you know interact with him on and off the court you know and hear the stories from him because he the the years i was there there was this, uh, a really strong new york city presence on the team right and that was due to john strickland you know he brought a lot of players from uh, Rucker Park, Dykeman Park, um, and with his relationship with the uh, team management, they really kind of came together and brought a really uh, interesting nucleus of players from the New York City area. And, uh, you know, we called him Strick. Strick was usually pretty, he was very animated, very uh, interesting in his stories. Um, I don't think we ever knew the, the full truth of his relationship with Jay-Z, but we do know that Jay-Z referenced him in one of his famous songs. Is, um, he, uh, is he related to Rod Strickland? I, I, not sure. Yeah. yeah, That's a good question because I know Rod was a, had a big New York City presence yeah, there. Rod, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, they're both the same, right? And it sounds mm-hmm. like they have seven personalities based on what we know about Rod Strickland. Right, right. But, uh, but yeah, so he was... Uh, he was a very kind, caring person and very yeah. hilarious on and off the court and definitely brought a, uh, you know, that leadership, uh, you know, cause he, he was definitely probably uh, hitting the, his last couple of years of being able to play 
basketball at that level, but his uh, his value was uh, was incredible. Yeah, that's, and that's an interesting thing that we see. Like the guys that really have it, I think that way about Chris Paul right now. I I've, I've uh, routinely not liked Chris Paul his entire career until the last three years, and a lot of it stems from watching him play live. Like maybe his second year, I caught him in Seattle while the Sonics were still here, and he just cried the entire game. Like it was so gross. Like I just wanted just to strangle him, hmm. you know, because I just hate those cry baby. Like, oh, he fouled me. I didn't foul him. You know that whole deal. But yeah. you know, watching him now, like I think he should be an MVP can- uh, candidate this year for what he's been able to do to the Suns. You know, you watch that roster without him, and they're not that good. They're they're definitely not a two seed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're maybe an eight seed. I think you know. Um, I'm not real high on Devin Booker as a leader of a franchise. I think he's a fine player, but you know, Chris Paul makes a difference. But that's what's interesting to me is guys as they get to the end of their career can really make an impact on talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want to, and maybe they're a step slower, but they're so smart, you know. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, Devin Booker, he's like offensively. I think he's he's slated probably to be you know one of the the league stars here. But you're right. I don't think from a leadership perspective he's ready. But having someone like Chris Paul, like that franchise, made a really smart move bringing him in. Yeah. And it's obviously you know look how they're doing. They're paying, it's paying off. And if they can get past the Lakers, then you know that'd be great. Wouldn't that be amazing, eh? That would be something, you know. Same thing with Russell Westbrook going into Washington. Oh God. You don't like you don't like that? No. No, no eh? No. That would I have reasons. Uh Russell Westbrook was the last Seattle Sonics pick that didn't play for the Sonics, and he embraced Oklahoma City and just by proxy. I, mean, I don't have anything bad to say about Russell Westbrook other than <laughs> that. No. <laughs> That's where my that's where my allegiance is, man. That's where it is. So in the middle of the night, Devin, um, Brad's team was ripped away from him. He's uh I'm sure he knows the story. Yeah, the yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. So Brad's from the Puget Sound, Whippy Island area. So, you know, very solid, very solid Pacific Northwest Clay Bennett, boy. Clay Bennett stole a piece of my children's childhood. <laughs> I just like it how they did it in the middle of the night, just all of a sudden one day. Is the Seattle Supersonics the next day? Is the Oklahoma City Thunder like who, who is this after team? the draft? Like if you go back and watch the footage, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook is uh, drafted as a Sonic, and like three weeks later, it's Oklahoma City. Anyway. Yeah, but you can't you can't fault the guy on that. It wasn't his fault either. I know, but you embrace. know how sometimes like people just get the brunt of your anger because they're in the spot and <laughs> just no because of there. Yeah, that's how I feel about. It. I spent so long rooting against him. But I can't like <laughs> unroot against them. What he's doing is phenomenal. Like triple doubles yeah, and being yeah. in the counter, like all those things. Like you can't take any of that away from him. I won't talk about his on the court play at all because I think he's phenomenal. I think he's sensitive, which, you know, is probably really keys him in. But, uh, you know, I don't like the whole like crying about the Utah fans being mean to him or, you know. <laughs> I think that he talks real tough when the refs get involved. You know, if the refs try to separate him and a player, then he starts really chirping, and that irritates me too. But, you know, <laughs> he's somebody oh. Rick Mahorn would have laid flat on his head back in the day. That's how I feel about Russell Westbrook. I'm I've always course. appreciated Russell. He's what's he's about six three, same height as me, and seeing yeah. what he does on the court. Yeah, I 
you know, I'm super jealous because there's no way my body. Well, that'd be the thing too, right? Because I'm like in that six three range also, you know, and it's just like you see guys that are your height and weight and what they can do athletically, and you're like, and I never had it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So yeah. So after that, you ended up going over and becoming uh, assistant coach there of was it the Atlantic provinces, if I'm not mistaken here, like when I'm looking at this. So, yeah, Nova so Scotia, I, I, right. Provincial coach of Nova Scotia, assistant coach. Unbelievable. Yeah. So after my, so my, I guess my playing with the Raymond got cut short. I had uh, my second season, I had some skin cancer. So that, oh uh, that was kind of a, uh, a surprise, you know, 24 years old, uh, top of my athletic prime. And I thought that, uh, you know, nothing could slow me down. And then all of a sudden uh, I had a health scare, which uh, fortunately was, it was caught early. And, uh, but obviously that took precedence over the basketball. And then in that world, in that league, you know, if, uh, if you say, Hey, you know, I got to take six weeks off, it's on to the next. So it was a tough pill to swallow because, uh, you know, I, my first year, it was learn how to play at that level, learn how to, you know, because going from the house university to, even the PBL, the unknown semi-pro league, it, it was funny. I remember in one game, uh, who was it against? Uh, maybe Oklahoma, but Oliver Miller. I'm sure we all remember him from yeah. his days with the Suns. He was on the other team. And it was just, that was my moment. Like, this is crazy. Like, you know, watching Oliver Miller, like, you know, and he was way past his prime. But it was such an interesting experience playing basketball like that. But um, my first year, was it was a lot of learning, uh, little bits of playing time here and there. And then my second season, you know, I was that much further ahead. So I was getting minutes and feeling great. And then boom, had to stop playing. So it was, it was tough, but I was fortunate enough that while I was playing basketball outside of the two hours a day of practice, I started my own little fitness thing. I got certified. I was doing personal training and I was doing uh, strength and conditioning for Dalhousie university. Um, and then an opportunity came up to be the technical director, provincial coach of basketball, Nova Scotia. So keeping the basketball, vehicle driving forward that was a great transition to really immerse myself in the game of basketball within the province and you know uh, essentially help players and coaches um, in in that realm so it was a great experience Uh, actually that year in 2015 uh, Nate Darling who we know is a local kid playing for the Hornets he uh, he came to play for the provincial team and I think it was the first time in 20 or 30 years basketball in Nova Scotia uh, we won the provincial championship against Ontario and one national. So it was such an amazing experience. And that was probably one of the greatest victories to be part of, you know, even on this, the sidelines as the technical director um, to see the organization come together and our team have such uh, right. success. It was amazing. Right. So uh, that was a really cool experience. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was great to, you know, be a part of basketball in that facet as well. That's amazing. I mean, think about it too, Ontario, who would have been playing at that time period there. You probably have uh I don't know if Jamal Murray was in there at that point or no, he, he was, uh, it's funny, Ontario. Uh, I can't remember the, uh, the roster, but every, every so often, you know, if you look back in the archives, you see who's playing for team Ontario, you'll see, Oh, you know, so-and-so and they went on to play at this D one school or, you know, right. a few of them have made the league. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, so for us, you know, small little province like Nova Scotia mm-hmm. to come together and actually Nate Darling scored 50 points in the, in the championship game. So wow, it wow. was, uh, yeah, and it, 
everyone knew he was he was going to be special but obviously yeah after seeing that type of performance and that type of atmosphere and that type of game it was like okay this this kid's got it right so to see him go on and and find his uh, his road to success and to crack an NBA roster it's 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 pretty proud yeah that's awesome that's amazing that's amazing is there is there a is i know there's so much talent in canada is there a, a real um just hurdle to get over to get recruited d1 because it feels like everyone like every you know i mean obviously it's more than every year but or every couple of years but every couple of years you'll see a star really come out you know and that's where they were from but a lot of the guys i think feels like they have to come to a year of school they gotta go play at an oak hill or some other basketball powerhouse high school to get into d1 if they're ultra talented coming out of Canada, is there a, is there a weird hurdle up there that there's not exposure to the D one call? Is it travel? Is it, what do you think it is that doesn't allow them to be recruited? Because I feel like it's a hotbed. You know what? It's, there's a few different ways to answer this. I know growing up, I remember Jamal McGlure. He was like one of the first, yeah. you know, Canadians play, I think it was Kentucky. He was playing at. That's right. Um, and it was, you know, wow, Canadians playing D one, you know, and, and then the ball slowly started rolling. I'm sure there was players before and after him, obviously, but I remember that was one of the big names with the big programs. And every other year, uh, you know, I, I don't even know the total number, but I remember one point there's like, oh, there's five Canadians playing D1 basketball. That's amazing. And now there's hundreds, I'm sure. But the the big word that is always thrown out there is exposure. You know, oh, you don't get enough exposure. You got to go play for this AAU program. You got to go do this. You got to go do that. And there's some truth to that. Um, yeah. You know, I was always told if you're good enough, you'll get noticed. Right. And, you know, how do you get good enough? How do you get noticed? Uh, it's, it's just it's it's difficult when you're not put in. So if you're playing for Team Nova Scotia and, you know, you go play in a local, you're only playing local tournaments. Well, you're only going to play against local competition. Right. And to to really highlight your game and highlight your weaknesses, you got to put yourself against the best. In I was a part of something uh, in the same year I was technical director, the BioSteel All Canada game. Oh that wow! Was the first, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, that, that, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah. so I was I was fortunate enough to be on the coaching staff of one of the teams, and that was the first time they brought all the Canadian talent, the high school Canadian talent together. So there was Thon Maker, Jamal McGore, and you know so many other really high profile players. And that was amazing to see come together because it's all local Canadian kids, but that game had so much exposure TSN. It was on TSN. And, um, and that was my first time being exposed to Jamal Murray. And I'll tell you, he, I was, I was, I guess shocked is the best way to, to when seeing him on the court, it was a man amongst boys it, and to yeah. see him have the success he's having now. I'm not surprised. I love seeing it. You know, I hope he has a really quick and healthy recovery, but in uh, a very nice, Nice guy too, um, but he uh, he definitely surprised me. But to see the talent come together like that, and uh, I think that was great for Canadian basketball. I'd love to see for that to continue, or more opportunities like that to continue. But things like that have definitely helped the game. But um, you know, to, to get to the D one, see the talent, and it's shocking, right? I remember uh, my senior year, my grade twelve year, uh, we saw Jamal Crawford in you know in his eleventh grade year uh, in the state tournament, and it was like. That's not, that guy doesn't play the same sport we play. Like <laughs> yeah. he sees things so differently at that age. He just knew he was gonna go be somebody, right? Just, yeah, you know, yeah. And it I was think wild, the, you know, just to see that level. And, there, and to be honest, like the talent on his high school team was comparable to what he was, and he was still ahead above. I mean, he was like that team was so loaded. But anyway, right? 
And yeah, and just to, to finish up, I, I think like everything, a lot of things in, in the world today is the social media um, and, yeah. you know, streaming games online. Cause I, you know, I, I sent in my high school days, I sent my VHS tape to a couple of coaches who asked for it. Mm. Um, but other than that, that was my only source of, Hey, this is what yeah. I'm all about. This is, this well, is now what you, I got. Yeah, now you can upload your profile to max preps and anyone can see it, how they want to see it. It's a, yeah. it's definitely yeah. a different world, but that's right. I was just curious if there was a different hurdle. You know, I, I was in uh, the Midwest for a while uh, and the town I lived in was a community college that was is perennial in the national championship conversation. And so we'd see like Bobby Knight would come through or um, oh, what's his name now? The guy that coaches for West Virginia now and he was at K-State for a while. Big fat guy. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. He just won like 900 games. I can't believe I can't think of his name. Yeah, I know. You. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Bob Huggins, old Bobby yes. Huggins. Huggins <laughs> was always in the like. Those were the guys that were like harvesting junior college prospects at that time, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it was always wild to me that the level of D one coaches that would come through there and then not come through uh, right. that place in those tournaments. So, I think every coach has their own travel schedule and figures it out. But right, and I know, I know locally, Carleton University, based out of Ottawa, they've historically done a lot of exhibition games against D1 schools and mm-hmm. they've done extremely well, you know, for, uh, for geez, for probably 20 years, they've been the, uh, at the height of the division one basketball here in Canada and, and right. they've won numerous championships, but it was always interesting because around the same time I was playing at Dell, I'd hear, Oh, you know, Carlton played Wisconsin and they lost by three or whatever. And like, wow, that's, you know, so, yeah. you know, the, slowly there's barriers being broken down and the, mm-hmm. there's opportunities like that. I know when I was at Dow, we played Harvard, uh, which was pretty cool. We played the university of Maine, which, you know, they're not, yeah. they're not winning any NCAA championships, but the, you know, they're still the recognizable names. Still and, talent, man. Like yeah. you yeah. still, that's not also ran, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's, really that's amazing. That's amazing. So after that, this is a hard turn here. You end up, uh, joining h hrm's police force right so yeah yes what what led to that policing was something that was it it was either teaching and policing and i guess i missed a a piece there i know we we kind of covered my uh post-university years quickly but right after graduation uh i taught at a private school for a year i didn't opportunity to, to teach and uh but then while i was teaching that's when i there was some basketball talk, you know, are you interested in playing, you know, all this. And I started working out uh, with uh, some high level players and said, you know, I still got some more gas in the tank. And I only have one chance to do this because when I'm in my thirties, I'm probably not going to, you know, reverse back and try to live the dream out. Right. So, um, so after teaching, that's when the the basketball opportunity happened, but it was either teaching or policing. I knew, you know, the, the semi-pro route wouldn't uh, probably be good long-term financially. So uh, I knew policing or teaching was something that I wanted to, uh, to explore. So, um, you know, as I was playing basketball, I, I met my, my now wife and who was going away for school and, and her education, everything. So to go to, uh, to go away to do the police training wasn't probably the, uh, the perfect scenario. So it was a timeline of trying to find the right fit. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to have her support. And then when timing was right, I said, you know what, it's either now or never. And I jumped on the opportunity and was very lucky to, you know, end up where I end up with that's kind of how it worked out. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm super impressed with though, is how you've taken your basketball skills and you've actually <clears throat> implemented them along with your policing. 
uh, I'd like you to tell tell Brad and actually the listeners. I mean, what your your integration there with some of the uh, inner cities here, uh, inner city youth in uh, Halifax. It's it's a great story. I, I love it. Sure, you know, basketball. It uh, you know it, it's it's everywhere. So for, for me to uh, you know have a police uniform on and be able to talk basketball with with the youth to shoot hoops. It's it's a quick way to say, look, this guy. He likes basketball. He's human. I can I can trash talk about who the best NBA player is, and you know, then shoot a three and then have fun, right? So, in then outside of that, with some programming within the community, uh, you know, we have a basketball group of police officers who will go to schools. Uh, you know, obviously prior to, to COVID, um, and hopefully after everything settles down, we can continue it. But it was it was a lot of fun because the whole school would come out and they'd watch us play against the school basketball team and. We'd have our uh, we'd have our, our jerseys on, and we'd be playing against the schools, and it, it, the kids love it. You know, the, yeah. you know we're we're going seventy five percent because we want to have a nice, fun, competitive atmosphere, and you know, and we're fortunate enough. A few of us, you know, I still got some legs in me, so I can do the odd dunk here and there. And one of my yeah. uh, coworkers is six seven and uh, played a high level basketball, so he likes to put on a show as well, and the kids eat it up. And it's just a way to again break down barriers. You know, um, and through the through the the word of sport, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, if one of those kids tries to give it to you, though, you give it back to him, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Getting back yeah. to this. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I, I think you probably. I mean, you know, I just I have close friends in all walks of life, right? And um, you know, to me, it feels like you can apply coaching principles to your job now you know, trying to deal with people. It's just, it's all about relationships, right? At coaching. And sometimes yes. you have to have relationships in high pressure situations and learn how to communicate. And, you know, you can't be flying off the handle, you know, well, throwing yeah. chairs and shit like Bobby. Yeah. Yeah. John you Tortorella. Does he feel yeah. like that? Does that help you think in your, in your day-to-day job now is just, you know, knowing how to be a teammate, knowing how to be a coach, like that kind of helps you uh, just, you know, be successful. 100%, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head, but it's all about communication, right? And that's both in the workplace, uh, amongst your coworkers, amongst your supervisors, and then amongst the people that we're interacting with on a daily basis. Because the reality is, people we're interacting with, they're probably not having one of their better days, right? Yeah. From yeah. accidents yeah. to high stress. Yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if you're involved, something has gone sideways from the morning plan, I would imagine. Right. Every once in a while, probably someone woke up and thought they would see you that day. Like, I think right. that happened. I have friends that live in that world too, you know? Like, right. But they yeah, communic- wanting to go get into some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, like you said, high stress scenarios. So from the foundation of coaching and, and basketball has given me, um, you know, a lot of those uh, skills are, 100% applicable in the other world and being able to take a breath, seeing things clearly, seeing the whole picture, seeing the whole court. Okay. How are we going to break this down? How are we going to come to a resolution? Um, it's, you know, it's, it's extremely valuable. And sometimes uh, you can kind of tell who has that natural coaching ability and who doesn't. Right. And uh, you know, there's times where I'll have to step up or someone else will step up to take control. Uh, but the power of voice and communication is, is, is 10 out of 10 times the most effective and most powerful uh, thing you can use. I like that. I, I just want to say, this is how good a guy Devin is. When Daisy went missing, uh, I went, I, I walked over there. I was Daisy's in tears. Dog, right? Daisy's, Daisy's my dog. dog. That's right. Been tracking that's right. Soccer. 
she uh she went missing there on new year's eve due to fireworks she just wasn't running right i went over there De- uh, Devin was actually coming out to take his dog for a walk and uh just so happened to be out at the same time he actually went walking through in the dark looking for daisy yeah. and uh over the next couple of days i made up some posters he went around put up posters i think you went around looking and during the day i mean my goodness this is this is the type of guy this this is the type of guy Devin is and uh you you don't you don't just become that guy you know what i mean like overnight wake up this this is him in his life i i, I respect the heck out of you Devin. you're you're Thank a you. great guy um i do want to go back to a question i just wanted to put that out there i did have a question though about michael jordan and lebron james <laughs> so <laughs> bring it on so okay i mean i agree with you i'm in the same camp i mean to me i think jordan what's the, the camp Jordan's the greatest player. Oh, greatest okay. player, period. You have some terrible takes. I just needed to make sure we weren't going to. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because, just because, hey, just because I'm a Leafs fan doesn't mean I have terrible takes. Come on. No, it, it, the, the tape will show you have terrible takes. I just need to know what we were playing with before we got into it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's true. Uh, no, I, I, I also believe that Jordan is one of the greatest, but there's a lot of people that one have. One of the greatest? Hold on. The of? greatest. The greatest. Thank I'm you. sorry. Did I say one of the greatest? I'm sorry. He said the one of. He's not the one greatest. of. He is the greatest. The greatest. But a lot of people say that LeBron deserves that title just due to the fact of his size and that if you were to take Jordan into this generation now, he wouldn't be able to compete with the size. Jordan would dominate this generation. Okay. All right. I, I want to hear this from Devin. I want to hear his points okay. on this. Yeah, because... I'll, speak, I'll be quiet. Yeah, cause I know I know your points, Brad. I mean, I'm I'm in I'm in agreement, you know. Um, but yeah, so I could give you the quick answer. Whatever Brad says, I agree with because it sounds like we're on the same same page. But no, it's just it's you know there, there's some bias there because I grew up, you know, from the start, the young Devin start of my basketball obsession. Michael Jordan was there, so obviously I gravitated to him because he was the man. He was everywhere in the in the media, you know, all that stuff. He was always on TV. He was in movies, you know. Everything I bought had some sort of my lunch pail probably had a Michael Jordan theme to it, right? Like it just I couldn't help but you know like him. But you know, I definitely you know as an adult I can look at things full pitch and say, look, LeBron's special, right? What he you know from his physique to his abilities to everything, like he's a genetic freak, and and the fact that he's uh, in the basketball world and, and dominating it, you know, I respect that, but, you know, and I, and I think the icing on the cake for me was, I'm sure we all enjoyed the last dance where we got to see a lot of the behind the scenes and the mentality. And, you know, I'd be hard pressed to, in, until I'm swayed by seeing that some sort of version of that with LeBron James, that that's what makes Michael Jordan the greatest in my mind is, is all the behind the scenes stuff. You know, he was, he was demanding. He was fun and energetic and all that stuff, but he was demanding. And he, he was he, demanding. He, and when you look at the sporting cast, and I know we can compare LeBron head, maybe we can mold similar players at LeBron head, but you know, you got Steve Kerr, Judd Bushler, Bushler, whatever, and Bill Wennington and those type of players who by themselves, you know, weren't. Uh, how, much, yeah, how much money did Michael Jordan make Horace Grant? Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> at, least, at least 84 million. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, always my uh, point. You look at who Michael had with him, and like the the common theme is Scottie Pippen. Yeah. Which you know Scotty's who Scotty was, right? He played that role well. But you know Bill Cartwright at the end, the downside of his career, Bill Cartwright was never that until he got to the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Stacy King was even a serviceable person. Yeah. You know was not great all the way around. Steve I mean, Kerr. Just, 
Yeah. I mean, Steve Kerr went on to win more championships, but that was more of a, I think, you know, distant affiliation with Popovich. He wasn't, Steve Kerr wasn't the guy, the reason the Spurs are winning championships either. Right. He just knew how to play that role. And they all learned that from Michael. Right. That's why I feel about LeBron's a special player. Sure. Is he top five all time? Maybe, but he's not the greatest ever. He's not transcendent. Like we, we all wear our shorts differently because of Michael Jordan. We all wear our socks and our shoes differently because of Michael Jordan. Like, He's the guy that changed basketball forever yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Now, I found that interesting that you said he might be in the top five. Uh, LeBron? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Might be? Maybe? Might be. Might I be. don't know. I, I might have to disagree with you on that, Brad, because I think he's definitely, definitely in the five. top five. Give me your top five. Give me my top five? Yeah, let me hear it. Okay, I'll, I'll give you my top five. So Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. Come on. Kareem has to be there. Yeah, I'm Number with you. Two. I'm, not, Absolutely. I'm not saying not. Bill Russell. Sure. LeBron Three. James. LeBron's four. Four. Okay. Yeah. And then number five, maybe Jerry West. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. All right. Maybe. The logo himself is maybe the fifth. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your I, I top five. Out, well, you left out uh, Shaq. You left out Kobe. You left out uh, Oscar Ooh. Robinson. Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain. Oh, wow. Wow. Yes. Yes. All right. Boys, all right. Let me hear your top five. Let me hear your top five, Brad. And then when I get Devin, save the best for last. Uh, it's Mike. Uh-huh. It's Oscar Robinson. Okay. It's Bill Russell, mm-hmm. Will Chamberlain, mm-hmm. uh, Kareem. Those are my five. It's a lot okay. of big men, but I feel like. So you were to fill a, a court out there. It's all centers. All centers in Mike. And I think he wins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Devin, go. Yeah, so well, Jordan's at the top. Yeah, uh, and I think that there's no particular order. It's kind of a the next five or, or the next four are all you know interchangeable. But Kobe uh, and Shaq are definitely in that mix. Yeah, um, you know it's it's almost it's almost hard not to say Larry Bird or Magic Johnson just yeah. because. Yeah. Of that good names of that section they're in the the eighties because without them Jordan wouldn't have been able to do what he did and so on and so forth. But and again then from the before that the Kareem's the Bill Russells the Wilts. LeBron is like nowhere in both. I personally have Steph Curry (laughs) above above LeBron James. Wow. So wow. But LeBron, I, I would say LeBron eclipses Steph, even though Steph has. No, he doesn't what have Steph, more championships. What Steph Curry but... is able to do right right now is so silly. Like, except for win a playoff game without Clay Thompson. <laughs> sure, but we, I mean, we can talk a lot about that with LeBron too. Man, yeah, you know, yeah. LeBron's LeBron's you know finals record is atrocious. Hey, but look look at look at the team he played on. I mean, I'm sorry that last year in Cleveland, it was him. You sure. cannot say anything else about that. Come on, J.R. Smith. Most boneheaded play I've ever seen in my life. In that face that LeBron made was just priceless. <laughs> you know, just priceless. But that team was garbage. I know you're going to say uh, Kevin Love, but let's face it, Kevin Love was already going downhill at that point. I'm not going to say Kevin Love. I think that LeBron won one good series or one championship. That he well, he had Kyrie on, Irving, but, though. He had he had Kyrie Irving but, with him. That definitely yeah, took a lot yeah. of the load off there. As soon as Irving left, he still brought that team to the finals. Yeah. I mean, Kobe's in that list above 
LeBron too for me. But Kobe's always Kobe had Shaq. Wins. Kobe always had Shaq. No, Kobe, Kobe won three championships off Shaq. Go look at Kobe play with Paul Gasol, and he won with that. You're absolutely right. You know You're absolutely I mean? right. Like, you know what? I totally forgot about Paul Gasol. You're absolutely we put right. All these we put all this stuff about you know the talent around LeBron, but mm-hmm. the talent around mm-hmm. the superstars, the Kobe Bryant's, the Michael Jordans, are not mm-hmm. as great either. Until they well, play Scottie with- Pippen, come on, that's the number two player of the time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look at what I mean. Kyrie's been a fantastic point guard since he came in, right? They mm-hmm. couldn't get it. They got it done once. Uh, Great flat earther. Oh, he's backed off that since then. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I feel like he was trying to give a joke and then, like, it got away from him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, but you got, I mean, Anthony Davis is probably a better player at this point than LeBron James is. Youth wise, maybe. Dominance wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. But, I mean, LeBron's played 18 years. It's a, it's a different animal than Michael, but he doesn't have the mental fortitude, right? Like, he's he just doesn't have it. That's what the greats have. You know what? I mean, I can't argue with that because it's true. He, uh... But maybe it's because he was famous since he was 15. I don't know. Like, that does something to you, too, you know? Yeah. Like yeah but Wayne Gretzky, was, got cut, so. Wayne Gretzky was famous at seven. Yeah. It was a different time. Did you did you actually see uh, Wayne Gretzky's offering now? One of those master classes there, the athlete's mindset. Yeah, I saw that. I know. I think I might get that. I don't know. I want to be just like Gretzky, <laughs> <laughs> just like the Wayne. Hair for it, Sean. You definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, hey, uh, Devin. Just to close out, do you have any picks for the finals? Anybody? Are you who are you pulling for in the playoffs? I'll give you two teams and. My, my first team is this was picked before the season started this year. And I'm a diehard Steve Nash fan. He's right underneath Michael Jordan for me, being yeah. Canadian yeah. and growing up, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. So I said, you know what? If he, you know, it was a surprise him getting a head coaching job. And uh, I wanted to support him right from the start. So I said, you know what? I'm going with the Nets. And then lucky me, the Nets got better and better and better and better. Yeah. The so, Nets is uh, like a video game team. I have, uh, yeah, I, I had a pair of Steve Nash Nikes back in the day. Nice. I remember walking into, I was in Vancouver. I mean, I just live right across the border, right? And so I remember going to the, the mall in Vancouver and seeing a pair of Steve Nash's and being like, oh, no one has these. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> my, we, my... To be honest with you, I didn't even know he had his own shoe, but, you know, he was <laughs> selling it up there, so. Oh, yeah. My Second team is uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I, uh, wow, I you're giving I, it to I, them, eh? Well, that's who I'm going to be rooting for. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just think that they're when they're on, they're on. And and uh, when it, you know, Giannis is called the freak for a reason. And if, if he has explodes and, and takes it up a notch in the playoffs, which he should do as the franchise yeah. player, uh, they're dangerous, right? And they get a good oh, yeah. supporting cast. When they're healthy yeah. and they have not been healthy. When they're healthy, they're somebody to mess with. They're they're mm-hmm. definitely. And if you're allowed to take five steps to the 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 rim every time, I mean, you're going to wow. win. Yeah, and you're seven feet tall, right? Yeah, yeah. Good. You know, <laughs> five steps, seven feet tall. That nice yeah. euro step. You're going to win. Yeah, just if you start from half. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Devin, we appreciate your time this morning. You know, we you know, you carving time out for us is. is uh, important to us so we were grateful for that so thanks for the conversation no thanks for having me this was great yeah i really appreciated it there Devin. uh just the time just to be able to talk here and uh go over this i can't believe 
I'm moving so shortly off to Toronto, going to be continuing over there. So I'm really glad we got a chance to do this. Uh, we've, we see each other on a regular, but we never really hang out. It's because of COVID, I think, really. It's just COVID messed everything up. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and of course, you being a police officer, me being in the Navy, you don't want to be the guys that's just like, you know, let's just get together over here. It doesn't matter. And then all the na- neighbors are there all of a sudden, like, oh, they're having beers or something like that. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Crazy, well, crazy times. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hey. at some point, we can do this again. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Love having you back on again. We can talk Absolutely. More. Power of technology. I, I love it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you. All right, guys. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, yeah. my man. Man, that was that was a great conversation. I thought, yeah, fun story. Fun yeah. story. yeah, fun Thanks. story. Fun, fun um, facts. Uh, yeah, great insight. I want to talk to him more about basketball because he's he oh, he's got a basketball mind. Yeah. Y- you know it. You know it's like, yeah. yeah. And uh, I really wanted to cover more about what he thinks of the game today. And uh, yeah. it's unfortunate we'll, we don't we'll have, have time. We'll have time for that. We'll have yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll bring him back through because he was uh, he's a good one. Absolutely. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Great guy. Uh, yeah. So we're going to talk quickly about your Maple Leafs and their first round playoff exit or what? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to save save that for when our friends are here and they can talk about their. No, 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 no. I I feel like talking about this. So, I mean, um, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you what I thought about game one. Okay. So even in the beginning, I thought that the Leafs are going to lose game one. I thought I felt it. Terry Price is, uh, he is a magic man. Now, having said that, I wasn't expecting to lose John Tavares. Uh-huh. Was I upset that we lost John Tavares? Yes. Can I say that Montreal is a dirty team? No. That was, it was clean and it was a mistake. That 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 knee yeah. to the head was a mistake. A complete mistake. Well, he was trying to avoid him. He was. And I mean, they were apparently, right. Corey Perry. Nature of, that's just the nature of sport, right? That's like, it. That's it. You know, and, and Johnny T and Corey Perry apparently uh really good friends. So I don't think you want to knee your friend in the in the back of the, the head. No, it was listen, that was just unfortunate. It was unfortunate. Sport. Absolutely. There was no shenanigans going on. No, there. no, no, no. And I know Nick Felino, he ended up going and saying, We're gonna go. I know it was an accident, but we're gonna go, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to. Right? Yeah, exactly. And people were giving Nick Felino a hard time saying that it's going against the code. But I understand where he's coming from. I probably would do the exact same thing. It's like, listen, I, I understand it's an accident, but this is now I got to represent. Trying well, to, trying to get the team. What's the code? Explain the code. So the code is, it's like, you know, if it's something that's vicious and dirty and you know it's it's it was done maliciously, yeah. Yeah, you want to fight. Intentionally, yeah. Yeah, you want to fight. But I think that a lot of people were upset because it's like, listen, you knew that it was an accident. Why are you still fighting this guy? Man, uh, I'm so confused with hockey. I know, I know. Like what a bunch of garbage. This is like I know. Tony Russa bomb. saying that uh what's his name shouldn't have hit that 3 0 pitch for a bomb. Like <laughs> stupid. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. Like, first yeah. of all, you arrange fights and now you can't fight. Be a <laughs> thing. Like hey, but to Corey Perry's pr- you know, to his credit. He he agreed to fight him, you know, and he t- he he didn't even punch back. I mean, he just took it because he felt terrible. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he you could tell he was not. Yeah. I mean, that's that's um. I don't know if you saw. Um. Gosh dang it! I wasn't going to bring this up, so I didn't. 
pay attention too much to it. But remember the guy getting hit in the face? Do you see that this week? Yes, Nazim Kadri hitting yep. uh, Justin Falk in the face. Yes. And, and I was going to get into that. I was going to touch on that. Um, that pitcher was devastated. Yep. Like, he couldn't even pitch no more. They had to pull. He had oh, to come you're out. talking about baseball. You're talking about yes. baseball. You're not oh, even talking baseball. about hockey. Yeah, no. You're not even talking about hockey. Okay. No, he, threw a, he threw a fastball up in the zone, cracked yeah. on boy in the face, to plays for the Mets. Wow. Wow. And wow. breaking a, na- a nasal cavity. He's going to have surgery. Both of his eyes are black. Wow. He's laying there in a pool of blood in the ground. And like the pitcher, yeah. you could tell it just got away from him. It wasn't trying to throw inside on no. him. It just got away from him. And you know, they had to take him off. And then the pitcher was just like, just couldn't go. And yeah. so they had to bring in some from the bullpen quickly. Hey, I'm sure he does. The humanity of sports, yeah. right? And that's, I guess that's the part of it. There's a, hu- there's a human yeah. spot to those things. And I think you yeah. see it. But. Well, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that because I got confused. With yeah. the hockey playoffs, because after I saw what Kadri did, uh, he so Kadri used to be a Maple Leaf, and he has a history of doing this because he got suspended one time for two games, the next time for five games, right? For just being dirty and hitting people dirty. So he got an eight game suspension now from the Colorado Avalanche, eight game suspension yeah. for that dirty, unwarranted hit. And I'm there going, okay, so you got talent, you're a good player. But when is it where you become a reckless player and you don't want this guy in your team anymore? Yeah. You're number two and number three center. You can't have that happening. Yeah. You can't have this guy gone for eight games in a playoff series. Although it's not seeming to slow Colorado down right now. But No, I don't know that it will. Eight games is a lot. It's a lot because it's going it's to continue to the second round for him. It's probably going to continue if they make it past the second round, to be honest yeah. with you. You know, like that's it's terrible. Um, but yeah, back to John Tavares. Uh, sad to see him go. Yeah, Carey Price stole that game for the Montreal Canadiens, and and Paul Byron scored the most skilled goal I've ever seen him score because he was on his knees, and he managed to put it onto his backhand and put it behind Jack Campbell. Both goaltenders played great. I I personally think this series goes seven after watching that first game. This series is going seven. Hmm. Um, and you're and my comp- your Leafs in five. I'm confident. No, uh, I'm confident. My confidence, I'm sorry, my confidence level right now about the Leafs even ex- uh, going through to the next round is a little shook without Johnny T. Yeah. But having said that, you're not, your team is not one player, right? So who's going to well, step and, up? And you have veteran leadership, right? And the there's, there's a lot of veteran leadership. And right. Oh, and- man. Here's the thing, though. When you are have you happy some... to have Thornton now, or are you gonna you gonna crap all over that deal again? Still, or where, <laughs> I love where are you it. at? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm happy to have Thornton. I'm okay. I'm happy to have some of these guys. Today you are. Six, I know. Six months later, you're fine. <laughs> I deserve that. That's good. Is that the. <laughs> I remember a special segment just ripping the Joe Thornton signing. Yeah, I deserve that. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Here's here's my thing though is that Mitch Marner, younger player, yeah, this is his third playoffs. But when you get stoned by um, a goaltender, because he had a wide open net, and Carey Price went across and just made that spectacular blocker save, completely an yeah. athletic save. I wonder if that plays in your head now. You know what I mean? It's like that yeah, net was open. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're well, probably happening. That's what's happening uh, with Connor McDavid right there. Oh, head. Wow. They are in his head. Winnipeg. Did you see that game last night? One nothing in overtime. Parts of it, yeah. One nothing in overtime. 
Yeah, I watched so, the third period in the overtime session. Edmonton has scored one goal in two games. It's crazy. Yeah, the two, yeah, the two leading scorers, right? The two leading scorers in the NHL, and they yeah. just can't find the net. Uh, Connor McDavid not, has not been scoreless in more than two consecutive games all year. So no, that's not see. true. He was scoreless in three games against the Leafs, three back to backers. Oh. Yep, three games. Three games against the Leafs. Negative. The stats say you're wrong. I'm going to have to have a double check on this year, Brad. You should have a double check on it. Yeah, but I'm not going to make a bet with you because you still you owe me push-ups. You, you still owe me push-ups. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, are you surprised at how Boston is just dismantling Washington? I thought this series is going to be a lot closer. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised because Boston is just weathered the storms and then brought it to their house. I think we thought that I thought this was who Boston was to start with, but I thought it was seven for Boston. Maybe you know, uh, I hate Boston, but they are a good team. What they else are. can you say? Yeah, and they understand how to win. Yeah, it's it's big Brad energy, right? I and mean, that's just the thing. So. Anytime you got a guy with the name Brad on your team, I'm pulling for him. That's just how it works. These Sean's are kind of generic, you know, but like oh. as, as Brad's are a little more rare. I got just like the Reeds of the world. You Dave and Sean's can go. You can't pull for each other, right? That's just the thing. So were you shocked that the Warriors are gone? Moving on to basketball no. postseason. No, I was not. I was not shocked. No. No, not with Memphis. I mean, Memphis put them out. That game, that game was out of control early. Yeah, in the first quarter. Yeah, they were down fourteen yeah. in the first. Quarter. I know, I know. Were, I mean, they were down double digits at the half. Yeah, Steph and, Curry can't it can't carry a team like that yeah. anymore when he's getting hamstrung with by Draymond Green. Yeah, that's just it's, it. Draymond Draymond's a great Dennis Robin comparison. He's a good third wheel. He cannot be a second. Well, he's, he's not part of the Splash Brothers, right? He's not. He's got to play his role. Yeah. He just mm-hmm. has to play his role. I mean, mm-hmm. Draymond is a fantastic defender, and when he has the freedom to not be the focal point of the offense or the second fiddle, then he's fantastic. Hmm. Wiggins didn't play well. No, you know, no. Really all year, right? Never really got in the groove. Kelly Oubre not being able to play hurt them. You know, i it's there's just still a bright, there's still a bright future for Golden State, right? I mean, you got Clay Thompson coming back, and yeah, but it's just amazing. Together, just the two, they're two years removed from a, a finals uh, appearance, and um, yeah, I mean, last year's in a last year, you, it's you an anomaly. The, the yeah. two best players and have them lose one for the yeah. season and one for fifty games, and think they're going to win. I mean, that's yeah. you know, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. But this year, you, you kind of you know. Expected a little bit more, but I think they had some problems. I think, but they still built some things. I think they've mm. probably got more production out of their bench than they ever would. It's going to pay dividends when everyone's healthy. Yeah, yeah. What do you? What's your opinion on these playing games? Because I personally, I, I like love them. them. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I do more than like them. I love them. I think mm. they're fantastic. Mm. I, I still think it's got to be a little bit of a wound in the salt, salt in the wound. Well, um, you made them play. I mean, they made all the teams play at the end. You know, because yeah. traditionally, uh, if you were the six seed, you could coast a little bit. Yeah. You know, because the seven, the difference between the six and seven seeds is not big. Mm-hmm. Um, but having to get that six seed mattered because that meant you got an extra week of rest. Yeah. That's huge at this point in the season, right? So 
Uh, be interested to see how it. I, I think I love the games now that they've been completed. Yeah, uh, the jury's still out for how I think they stay based on how competitive these playoffs are. Because I think if you see the top six teams really play good basketball because they got that week of rest and they're really tuned in, um, big fan. Yeah, you know, yeah, big, big, big fan. So it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, like the Wizards making the postseason. I, I wasn't expecting that. I was not going to put money on that that the Wizards are going to make the postseason. Yeah, they were getting hot at the right time though, right? They've yeah. got an interesting group. Yeah, like there, there, there was a lot of teams on on both sides. Yeah. Like even uh, in the NHL. Yeah. I wasn't expecting Minnesota to make the postseason. You know, yeah. like there's some teams that were big, big question marks that have made the postseason yeah. um, on both sides of the uh, the fence. And yeah. um, of when I say the fence, I mean the NHL and the NBA. But yeah. it, you don't mean the border that you can't cross. <laughs> I don't know if you saw. I know. I I don't know if you saw. Um, Montreal is going to be the first professional team in Canada to allow fans in the game. Yep. This Monday, 2,500 people, yeah. 12% capacity. Yeah. I mean, who, who knew that the Leafs were going to have a shot to have fans in the arena? <laughs> it's Montreal fans. It's going to be crazy. It's uh, totally yeah. not. I remember when I first talked about that, though, you said they weren't going to because they weren't going to make it that far. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was completely shocked. Uh, no, no. What are, you, what are you talking about? This is the first round still. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's what you said in the group chat. I've oh got the receipts. Gosh. I know, I know, but <laughs> quiet you. <laughs> Somebody owes me push-ups. That's all. Somebody owes you push-ups. Somebody owes me push-ups. Yep. Guy. You know, I have a medical need that I'm almost done with, and you can have your push-ups. All right. I love it. I love it. I'll even help you with about 25 of them and give nah, it to I you. I appreciate yeah. that, but I don't need that. Yeah. I'll I'm give you 100. I'm doing the 100. I don't need yeah. that. Because I can give you 25 easy. Yeah. But I not so easy. I can't, I can't accept that. Not so easy today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh, okay. Predictions in the NBA playoffs. In the first round. Let's not go all the way to the uh, five, first round. Oh, okay. Um, I think Portland wins their series. I think Brooklyn wins their series. Okay. Let's see. Who else do we have here? Um, I think that the Lakers win that series. I think my think the Lakers, Lakers are going to beat the Suns, eh? Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I okay. think uh, I think the Knicks beat the Nets. I think Utah beats Memphis. Bucks and Heat? Uh, I think the Heat win that series. I think, I think so, too. Heads from last year. Yeah. Uh, I think the Wizards beat the Sixers. That's interesting. I think the Clippers beat Dallas. That's what I think. I think the Clippers beat Dallas as well. Yeah. yeah. Celtics yeah, are gone. I, 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 I mean, I want Phoenix to win, but I just yeah. don't think they're going to get past the Lakers. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, Utah wins too. All right. I think I, I don't know if I said that or not, but Utah wins. I feel like, I feel like that's implied that they're yeah. going to beat Memphis. No, I have to agree with you on that. Yeah. What do you think? Of the free UFC card happening tonight, or have you seen it? Uh, I hope that Covington gets his job blown off. Co- who's who's he fighting Covington tonight? I don't know. Someone's gonna blow his job. Off. Well, I don't think he's fighting tonight, man. You sure? 
Yeah, I'm looking here. I'm seeing Rob Font versus Corey uh, Garbrandt. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I always yeah. get those two confused. I get you... Garbrandt and Covington. <laughs> Covington <sideways>. confused? Yeah. <laughs> They're the same person. That's funny. That's they funny. are the same person. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That makes me, uh, makes me laugh a little. But uh, yes. there's are they not? Are they not the same person? I don't know. I mean, uh, Cody, I don't think is as like crazy talking that crazy talk. Yeah. But he's just an unlikable he's not trying, person. He's not trying to be a heel, but he yeah, is. but he kind of comes off as one. Yeah, he's yeah. just unlikable. Yeah, <laughs> this Rothwell Barnett fight is interesting. Court McGee in the preliminary. I know, I know. Jack Hermison's on this card. Yes, I'm watching, I'm watching this card. Yeah, it's a it's a card. good one. It's a yeah. good one, and I'm even looking forward to the Rob Font Cor- Cody Garbrandt. Fight. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be a good, good fight. It'll be a yeah. good fight. Yeah, I have less. Uh, Hate my heart for Cody for Cody than I do for Kobe. I just get it. <laughs> it's funny that the other people that you just mentioned—they're all on the uh, the prelims, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of been the thing lately. Is like the fighters that I really enjoy watching it end up being in the prelims for whatever yeah. reason. So the prelim card seems to be the uh, the deal. Because I'm looking your Court McGee. I like him. Look at that record, yeah. though. Why is he fighting down here? Big Ben Rothwell, what in the world? That's crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean Rothwell's got 51 fights. Yeah. Like, he's probably a little long in the tooth. But then you have a guy like Rosenstrick is yeah. in the main event next week. Against yeah. Well, yeah, I just I mean you look at you just look at it. they're not you know, I mean no one, let's see. It looks like uh, my buddy Jack is the deepest uh win in this main card with 21 wins and then you go down to this prelim and you got guys with 38 21 yeah. 20 yeah 19 19 but like rosenstrike 22 rosenstrike lost his last fight and he's yeah. fighting in the main event walt harris lost his last fight he's fighting yeah. in the co-main it's yeah. like well, i uh, this is next week by the way i'm sorry i'm not trying to confuse anybody i guess what i'm trying to say is is that it's uh interesting that some of these people that are in the prelims sometimes like I, I saw, um, what's his face there? Uh, he fought George St. Pierre for the uh, the title. Uh, uh, Oscar De La Hoya? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is this on or off? Because I saw Dana White said it's off. I don't know. I saw Dana White said he's not supporting it because I don't think he's getting the money. Because uh, to me, it would make a lot of money. And it would be a great boxing match. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, it all depends on what George wants to do. I think Listen, if George isn't going to fight in the UFC again, then Dana does it because exactly. I mean, this guy but Dana probably doesn't care about a million dollars at this point in his life. So, whatever you know, like to me, it's like George St. Pierre. Well, George St. Pierre is doing a lot of commercials up here in Canada, right? So you know, he's trying. He's trying to keep busy. And shirt he, on, shirt off. Shirt on. Actually, he's in a full suit. He looks good. Um, he's oh. in American. He's going to call out Connor here shortly, is he? I don't know. He was uh, <laughs> taking a page from the Connor book. He was uh, in, uh, what was it, uh, Winter Soldier and uh, the Falcon? Falcon and Winter Soldier there. That was yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think he's going to be uh, the new guy in the Mortal Kombat guy. Mortal Kombat movie there. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the next Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
You take that back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He's the next <laughs> Stefan Seagal. I'll go along with that. I like you would Steven take Seagal. him as Steven Seagal instead of Jean-Claude Van Damme. I hate Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jean-Claude wow. Van Damme was a ballerina. He was a, a baller, ballerina. Arts, I guess makes sense. What's that? I said Steven Seagal is such a joke for martial arts, but I guess that makes sense. Oh, come on. <laughs> the eighth degree black belt in Aikido. How dare you? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> eighth degree. Not so How many degrees six. are there? Well, eighth is master, buddy. Well, there used to be six, but then there was Steven Seagal, and now there's. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see any of his uh, any of his promos that he was doing in the Merv Griffin show? Yeah, yeah, where he had the mutton chops and everything. Law enforcement agents. Martial arts that yeah. help defend themselves, and they're yeah. like, nah, son, that doesn't work. Well, it's Aikido, it's not exactly the best. I'll never forget Stan when I was showing him Aikido moves. He goes, Why are you doing so many extra steps? It's like that. Why are you trying to tickle me? What are we doing? Here? This is not. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that? This is strong beer, and I'm laughing. It so was funny true. what you said. Yeah, it's true. Oh it's like, man, yeah, listen. Okay, here's what you do. You put three <laughs> fingers into their open mouth. Yeah, that'll get someone to stop fighting you because it's gross. Like, no one wants <laughs> Especially COVID. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So this in general, things. people's hands are gross. You're going to let a stranger yeah. put three fingers in your mouth? No way. <laughs> so you win fights. Stand still. Yeah. <laughs> Put these fingers in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. What do you got to do? Mm. All right. What do you think? With this quarterback carousel right now, you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play for Green Bay? Is he going to be somewhere yeah. else? Yeah, he plays for Green Bay. I don't think he has a chance. Eh? It's like, no, he doesn't have the power. No. It's too sad. I think he would like to play somewhere else. But I think oh, I'm sure. At I'm the sure. end of the day, I'm, who knows? Aaron Rodgers is just odd enough and just rich enough that he could sit the year out yeah. and force Green Bay's hand. I think Green Bay's nervous. Watching all the quarterbacks Green Bay's putting on their roster, I think Green Bay's nervous. Of course. But at the end of the day, I think week one, I think Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer. I say he's a Green Bay Packer. Is he starting? I don't know. How do you not start him? <laughs> You know what I mean? No, I'm saying that they would love to start him. I'm just saying, does he actually start? Oh, does he actually he, go out there? Is and he play? on the field? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is just quirky enough to maybe not be that way. You know, um, <laughs> I saw a thing, uh, a meme there, and of course it was fake, but it's like you know, Aaron Rodgers retired. Like, like he's pulling a Brett Favre. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> it shows up on the Jets. I'm wearing, his, wearing his jorts and his. <laughs> Chief Cassio watch. Mm. All right. Before we close this up, yeah. I have no wife question of the week. Do you have a wife question either. of the week this no. week? Oh, we are bad people. Yeah. Before are we, we close this, <laughs> before we close this thing out, what's your picks on the NHL playoffs? I don't think I've even asked you that there. Uh, for what? Like who I think wins? Yes. Yes. Who do you think wins oh. goes through the first round? Oh, um, 
I think, I mean, just like, you know, I'm not watching closely because it's whatever, but I think the Jets <laughs> win. Uh, I think the Bruins win. I think yeah. that Tampa Bay wins. Uh-huh. I think the Islanders lose. You think the Islanders lose? Yeah, I think they do. I think that that goalkeeper situation they have is terrible. I think that they should go back yeah. to the young kid and not ride that guy. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I mean, just for funs, funsies, I think that the Canadians win. Um, <laughs> for funsies, eh? It doesn't seem too fun for me. <laughs> well, it's fun. That's why it makes it fun for me. Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I think uh, Carolina comes out still. I think so. Um Let's see. I picked that series already. I, I think the Avalanche continue to go. I think the Blues are just yeah. done. No, they're not. Uh, yeah. And then the Golden the Golden Knights come through. Also, yeah. I think those are all reasonable picks, except for the Canadians and the Leafs. Oh, be like all of them reasonable picks, huh? Yeah. Yep. Except for the Canadians. I knew it. Yeah. Hey, um, what I do know is, did you hear Rod Brindamore, the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes? It was probably the one of the most funniest things because he was like the most backhanded compliment because he's just like, you know, uh, yeah, Nashville did a good job playing that game and uh, they, they deserve the win. But uh, it's kind of hard to win games when you're playing a team and you're also going against the uh, refs. <laughs> but he did, you know, it was funny, though, because it's true. I mean, seven he's power plays against a three. Yeah, it's like not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. They you you can't take it away from them because they uh, execute on power plays. You can be frustrated. The refs gave them seven. I mean, that's mm. just hard to win. So I love it. There is that. I love it. Yeah, it's playoff hockey. It's yeah, the best kind of hockey. It's the only kind of hockey, in my opinion. All right. So before we go, I got a I got a one on one question. Here we are. Last last question of the yes, day. Let's last question. Wrap. Let's right. wrap up uh, episode twelve. Okay. So, if you had a chance to be a professional athlete for the day, what sport and what position would you play? Uh, I mean, would I be good? Or just like, as I am now at 41, like, I get a chance to play that position. Like, what's the answer? This is this is completely a hypothetical fantasy. So, I mean, you could oh. be great. And if you want to think of yourself as crappy, okay. Uh- <laughs> Uh, I would. I think I'd play football and play wide receiver. I think that'd be fun. Or oh, safety, wow. wide okay. receiver, or safety. I think would be the the move. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. You? Uh, I think I would play goaltender in the NHL. I think that that's uh, that was something I always loved playing. It was a position I loved playing. I, I would do it. Yeah. Whoa! What are you chuckling about okay. over there? Huh? I just. Uh, I just think that it's fun that you think um, that would be your thing. That's all. Having things hurled at you. (laughs) (laughs) Like to play catcher. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. Speaks to your toughness. That's all. I'm just surprised. (laughs) I love love it. I love hockey. Either that or just the pads would be, you know, slimming. It's the masks. It's the masks, believe it or not. Uh-huh. I always thought some of those goaltending masks were just. Have you ever thought about wearing that as COVID? Because I mean, really, it, it's a mask <laughs> that covers your nose and your chin. I mean, it meets the requirements. <laughs> no, but the gate—the gate doesn't cover your nose because it's like. Well, it could though. You could exposed. have one made that like was almost like Bane that covered your nose and like, <laughs> your chin. It was a hockey helmet. 
That's funny. <laughs> we're way too late to this game. We're a year in the pandemic, and we're just now thinking of this. I know. <laughs> Walking around your gold under mask. Hello, eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, I think that puts a wrap on this. Unless you have a question for me. No, I'm happy with your goaltender um, response. I feel like that's fair. Love it. I'll uh, I'll save mine for another day. Oh. Okay, kids, with that, we are wrapping this episode up. Thanks again to Flyers and Smooth My Balls. We appreciate you guys. Uh, if you guys, www.smoothmyballs.com. Guys, Beer Sports is the promo code. Save yourselves 15%. Appreciate you for that. Um, and then Flyers, as always, my favorite place to be. Until uh, next time, kids, be good or be good at it. Righto. You've listened to the podcast, but now it's time to visit us in our virtual sports bar. Get all of our info at guysbeersports.com, where you can find all the ways to connect with us. Watch for live conversations with Brad and Sean that happen throughout the week, and join in with your favorite local beer. You can share your thoughts in the conversation comments with your own uploaded videos or even join us as a guest live commentator. The GBS Virtual Sports Bar is open for business. Come on in, boys and girls.